0: How can you not be romantic about baseball? We're gonna high drive to left! This baby's way back! It is out of here! I don't
1: believe what I just saw! Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird! And it bounces back into fair territory! Oh, I gotta I gotta check the rule book on this
0: one, folks. I'm too drunk to face this chicken.
1: ass is in the jackpot now!
0: You're listening to Booze and Baseball.
1: There's 50 feet of crap,
0: and then there's us. Baseball First podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely
1: idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand.
0: Today's secret ingredient is. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is scotch. Scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-hmm. Welcome into another edition of Booze and Baseball, episode thirty-one. With Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Quickly, our Throwback Baseball Stat of the Week. On August 26th of 1953, New York Giants shortstop, Al Dark, went five of five with a home run. Two runs scored, five driven in. He went on to hit 300 that year with an 823 OPS, hit 23 home runs, 88 RBIs. You would think, That'd be clearly enough to make an all-star team, but he did not make the all-star game that year. So on that note, Dusty, what are you drinking? And give me your favorite underrated player on your fantasy team.
1: Well, first of all, I I was looking at OPS strictly uh, to kind of get an idea mentally of like, where this compared to now or so i wasn't in the dark (laughs) no pun intended Mm. um but so i looked and there are three players also currently right now with an 823 ops oddly enough uh jared walsh has also 23 home runs uh the other two players (laughs) with that same ops heading into the day uh joey gallo and ty france um so out of those three Gallo and Walsh were both all-stars. Ty France was not. Um, but that's interesting to, to kind of look at. I mean, a 300 average, neither one of those, those three that I mentioned has a 300 average, but they do all feature the same OPS. Uh, the home run numbers, Joey Gallo actually has more, obviously, with 29. Uh, Ty France had that injury this year. He's kind of been up and down, too, so not shocking that he wasn't an all-star, but it is interesting to kind of look at uh, when you have that comp, uh, where an 823 OPS is not bad at all. It's it's pretty solid, but um, it's a little strange. I guess he, he just didn't slug all that much that season. But uh, Al Dark, 5-for-5 five five with a home run, that's uh, the fantasy performance that I want. As for what I'm drinking, I'm going with a, a nice Corona. I wish, mm-hmm. to be honest, I wish just because of this question that I had a Coors instead, and the reason why is because if you look at my fantasy team right now, and I, I have a lot of mostly household names on my team, there are two guys that stick out to me that I just – think are incredibly underrated they're going to make it uh, one's going to make it really difficult for a keeper the other one I don't know even what to think of. So the one that's going to be difficult for a keeper league is AJ Pollock because obviously he's on the older side of things. Uh, He's going to be a free agent and uh, he could end up landing in an organization that features him in the three or four hole, but he won't be in as good of a lineup. He's been on fire this year though, Derek. I mean, he's been hitting over 300. Um, He he has the opportunities to drive in runs. I really like what Pollock's done for me. Uh, I thought he was going to be a guy that I pick up for a couple weeks and drop off and I've had no reason whatsoever to drop him off. Uh, on the flip side the guy that really has just come out of nowhere and and it was kind of a similar situation where i picked him up thinking i would drop him and i just have had no reason to it's connor joe the man with two (laughs) names two first names uh the colorado rockies outfielder and first baseman and and connor joe has been one of the best hitters in the league over the last two weeks um he's had one game actually two games i should say over the last two weeks uh in which he went oh four uh the other games he's consecutively had one or more hits usually two hits he had a a grand slam on the day of recording uh he's just been phenomenal uh and has a 293 average um has been showing the signs of power he's only 17 percent owned in yahoo leagues uh and connor joe's been incredibly productive
0: so i'm drinking corona Cheers to
1: Connor Joe. What about you, DJ? What are you drinking? Who's your underdog? Connor
0: Joe, another Farhan Zaidi find. He was a pickup for the Giants, made their opening day roster, but then didn't do well. So eventually worked around. And cool story with him on the Rockies. I am continuing on with this Prost Brewery Company uh, and the variety pack. It's the Dunkel on this one, 5.6% alcohol. It is a darker beer. I've had the Dunkel before. That one's really good. Yeah, very good. I, I love Dunkels just in general. And yeah, this one's very, very good. Uh, Boulevard makes a good one out here in Kansas City. But yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, my underrated players, is is Chris Taylor, can he still be underrated? I mean, he was a guy I, feel I picked like up is. at the beginning of the season.
1: There's it, It's tough to assess fantasy value with a guy like Chris Taylor because, of course, he, he's 30 years – I believe he's 30 years old. Yeah. And so his – i guess increase in production we saw it in 2017 then in 2018 it was slight drop off 2019 a pretty significant one we thought he was done and all of a sudden this year he's come back so yeah i mean i think i think he's worth considering to be you know an underrated player but if you couldn't if you couldn't take chris taylor
0: who would it be and why I'm going with my guy, Daniel Lynch right now, because if you look at the overall numbers, like in our league, he's ranked like in the 700s. So you might think, Oh, this guy sucks. Uh, But here is, again, I mentioned this last week. He went down after he struggled. His first three starts were atrocious and that's why the overall numbers don't look good. And he got sent down and there was a rumor around the club that maybe he was tipping pitches. Well, they fixed whatever happened. Since he has come back up six starts with one against the Tigers, one against the White Sox, good offense, Yankees, good offense, Blue Jays, good offense, and now two against the Astros, one of the best offenses. In those six starts, 35 and two third innings of work, he has allowed 30 hits. 29 strikeouts to 14 walks over two to one ratio, a 2.27 ERA. Daniel Lynch is my favorite underrated player right now. And if you look at the schedule moving forward, he got through the hard stuff right now. You're going to have a lot of games upcoming against, for instance, like Cleveland that might be able to make him even more viable down the stretch here in fantasy.
1: Derek, you actually have on your team, like just going through your roster, and, and Derek's currently in second place in our our fantasy league of, of 10 teams, uh keeper, you have a lot of players that I would deem to be valuable with, you know, kind of I would say underrated value. Uh when I go through your list, yeah, I mean Jake Cronenworth. Cronenworth is a pretty under undervalued player. I, I really like him, the the multiple positions. The one that I really look at, though, on your team Uh, to me at least, that uh, has more value than I think most people will realize is Tyler Malley. Uh, Mm -hmm. Malley has, I I believe you had even said the other day that uh, he has the most blown saves behind him, which is absolutely insane, but he has quality started after quality start. I know his most recent one, he only he went five and two thirds innings. So, I mean, my goodness, one out away from getting that quality start shutting down the Brewers offense. And then of course the Reds blow, blow it in the bullpen. Um, but I mean, he had seven innings against the Phillies striking out seven, seven against the Pirates is not that big a deal, but struck out 10. Um, and he had three consecutive wings. he strung together from July the 28th until August the 13th. I mean, that guy's pretty legit. He has 168 Ks and 141 in a third innings pitched. That WHIP is pretty decent. It's it's nothing amazing at 1.2, but uh, I like Mally a lot, honestly. And it's a hitter's park where he pitches, so um, I, I was never high on him. And I think I can honestly say I was completely wrong about him as a player. I, I really like Mally. I think he's completely underrated.
0: Yeah, I I like Mally a lot, too. Yeah, it's funny. The Reds PR department on Twitter is the one who tweeted that out, just roasting the bullpen, just sending them into oblivion. So this is a good transition um, in fantasy baseball to – I just wrote a piece on just baseball looking at early 2022 draft boards and how if you look at the top of the draft, and this more so applies for if you're in a one-year league and then you're going to be redrafting, pretty much all the stars at the top of the league – are guys who have injury concerns. There's a few exceptions here. But for the most part, you're going to have to really factor that in during draft season. And a lot of times, round one of the draft can be, you know, I need a safe player. I need somebody who is going to provide me solid production. And then I can kind of take some risks later in the draft. So it becomes very interesting. So what we're going to do here is we're going to do a mock draft essentially of a 10 team league. I'll give you picks one, three, five, seven, nine. I'll take the other ones that we'll go in order from. Um, but Yahoo Sports released their early. 2022 top 300 and if you just go off that you'd have Tatis, DeGrom, Soto, Guerrero, Acuna, Otani and that's I, I would assume in a one-person league which is weird because on Yahoo he is two people I don't know that's right. kind of weird uh, but Trey Turner is at number seven on the list number eight is Bo Bichette nine is Kyle Tucker 10 Mike Trout 11 Jose Ramirez 12 Mookie Betts 13 Devers 14 Cole and 15 Brandon Woodruff and if we just look at the injuries of those top guys Tatis has had three IL stints this year. DeGrom may have got some good news today, but overall has had an injury-plagued season. Juan Soto, injury history not as bad as others, but he's had a few hiccups here or there. Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. Shohei Otani, so far so good, knock on wood, but he has had pitching injuries in 2020 he had knee surgery in 2019 ucl injury prior to that um trey turner's missed some time in years past Bo Bichette has had some injuries in years past Uh, mike trout obviously we know uh, over the last like four years he's averaging like 115 games a season so go check out that article on just baseball but lots of injuries to consider so knowing that you have pick one in a way too early 2022 mock draft who are you going with
1: well, first of all, and let, let's specify that this is a Yahoo league where we are assuming that Shohei Otani is two players, right? Because yes. let's be honest, if he's one player, uh if you're playing in a fan league, for example, which I, I highly do not recommend after doing it this year. <laughs> I, I am not a huge fan of fan tracks. Um I would say though, if, if Shohei is one player, if he you get the pitcher side and the hitter side. I honestly think it's no doubt you have to go with him, number one. But assuming he's not, my first pick is, honestly, Ronald Acuna Jr. I I know that he's Mm. coming back from the ACL injury, but I think the stolen bases are something that I'm honestly still intrigued by with him. I'm concerned because Tatis is playing right now, and who knows what that means for the off season with his shoulder. Um, it, it really does concern me. I think a lot of people would say, why do you not go Tatis one? Um, and it's simply because the shoulder is concerning to me as to how they handle in the off season. Uh, you know, that something's gotta be done. Uh, they're trying to get the most out of him right now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Padres shut him down. If they find themselves, you know, in this trend that they're in right now, where they're, they're kicking themselves out of the wild card spot. So, uh, I'd go with Cunha because I think the recovery period, he's going to be back pretty close to healthy by the time the year starts maybe maybe a little bit uh later in the season he probably won't hit opening day um based off when the timing of the injury was but i still think acuna is the guy for me uh yeah the injury is really difficult to to monitor but between the two of them i think that the the timetable is completely different uh with tatis and acuna jr you just you have to look at cody bellinger as an example uh bellinger had the shoulder surgery in the offseason and you saw how poor his production was at the start of this year and honestly through the majority of this year too um through that shoulder surgery so tatis is a very similar situation it's concerning to me and i think because of that i'd rather go with the uh, the leg injury with acuna but acuna is my first pick
0: i'll be honest i don't think i would pick acuna or tatis in the top three uh you mentioned the tatis stuff i just with acuna like It is a risk. And by the time you are drafting in 2022, which might not be till January, February, like there should be more out by then. So that changes it. But right now I would just be, you know, if you happen to be drafting, I don't know why you would right now for next season. um, That'd be really risky because Acuna had surgery on his torn ACL on July 22nd. So, if it's a full year before he's back, I mean, you're, you're talking about missing more than half the season, but counterpoint, like we've seen guys come back after nine months from an ACL injury. And if that's the case, then you're talking about him only missing, what, like a month of the season at that point, just a few weeks. So it it really is dependent on what the the bill of health. I just, I just wouldn't want to, if I had the number one pick, I wouldn't want to risk that that early on, unless as we get closer, there's more news. So here's the guy I would go number one. And part of it is because he doesn't have as many injury concerns the other guys he's ranked number four on the yahoo top 300 that would be vladimir guerrero jr he hasn't really had the injury stuff the last couple years and he has just been a phenomenal hitter for the blue jays now it does worry me a little bit that yeah you don't get all those games and do need in florida or in buffalo that are maybe going to help your hitter stats just a little bit but you have so much lineup protection around him. That'll help. You know, you're going to get run production from him. He's just a really good hitter. He seems to me like the guy that's really safe. And although I am a little scared that high taking a guy who's not going to get me steals, like in the vein of Acuna, I just, the injury stuff makes me worry too much. So I would go Vladdy. Number two.
1: Uh, Number three is tough, man, because and are we specifying this is a keeper or a one-year league? I, guess I think it pick.
0: has to be one-year league. Just in yeah. this exercise, yeah.
1: I'd still, I still would kind of. I like the risk. I'm gonna stay with my pick with Acuna <laughs> at one. Um, three is really tough because Juan Soto has not had the production that we had all expected from him this year. If you look at Yahoo's rankings right now, Soto's in that top three. I might skip past that, to be honest, because I want the guy that's going to be, in my opinion, uh, getting me a secured category. Trey Turner is going to have a full season in the L.A. Dodgers lineup. And compared to the other injuries that we've seen, um, I, I mean, yeah, I could go Tatis and fully risk it, but if I'm getting Acuna, I mean, I might as well just throw my season, right? If I if I try to go for Tatis and Acuna in the same team, uh, that would be pretty cool to have them both, though. But I will say um, – I think Trey Turner is probably the safest pick here. And the reason why he will net you steals left and right, he's going to score more runs in the Dodgers lineup. He's going to hit at the top of the order, probably with a, you would assume a healthy Mookie bets. We don't know where Corey Seager will be next year, but you have to assume that Trey Turner will probably end up taking his spot and Corey Seager goes elsewhere. That's just kind of what you have to assume. And so when Trey Turner's playing in his true position at shortstop, uh, you would expect that the production will probably be there as well. Um, so I, I think Trey Turner is my pick at number three. It, it's tough. I mean, we have so many great names that are right in front of us that we could take but I think the situation that we're in right now, Trey Turner has just got a meaty one and keep in mind that will be his contract year too. So he will be doing everything in his power to put as many ridiculous numbers out there. We could be seeing an 80 steal season from Trey Turner where he hits like above 300 hits 25, 30 home runs. I mean, that is that to me is a top three player. So yeah, I will take that secure my stolen bases, secure my bag right there. And if you give me Trey Turner and Ronald Acuna Jr. towards the playoffs, uh, good luck beating me, right?
0: Yeah, I I think I agree with you there. I uh, kind of pondered this in the article. The idea of like Tatis has more potential, more skills a little bit than Trey Turner, but because of the injury history, and Trey Turner does have a couple years where he's had some big IL stints. But if you specifically w- look at what they are, he was uh, he had a broken finger and then he had a broken wrist from getting hit by pitches like those aren't injuries where it was like oh hey i just have a bad shoulder it's just like he just happened to get hit by a pitch which it's unfortunate um i you can't really view that as repeatable as like oh this guy is injury prone because he got hit by a pitch that that doesn't make sense so he's healthier from that standpoint and like you said everything adds up for him to have an amazing season so i agree with you there on that one then right behind him like this is pretty much picking nits for me between Turner and Soto. I just give Turner the slight edge even though Soto is going to give you more hitting overall. Turner is going to give you the steals and like you said with the run production and that's going to be a big difference for Washington like Washington without all these guys in the lineup and appearing to be like a team who's going to be tanking maybe next year maybe the year after that even you're not going to have the lineup production around a guy like Juan Soto that you will with Trey Turner so that's another reason I agree with it. but here's, here's a reason to still really like Juan Soto. He's more in the camp of like a Vladimir Guerrero, who really hasn't had the injury concerns. There's been a few IL stints, but they've been short-lived things for Juan Soto. And yes, he definitely was, I mean, he was having a good season. Like he was, he was still at 891 OPS. I don't want to like oversell that. Oh, it was a a tough first half for Juan Soto, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, this guy was clearly a top five fantasy player in the first half. That wasn't the case. Uh, That's definitely been the case in the second half. So far in the second half, he is hitting 316 or excuse me I was looking at his home away splits but in the second half hitting 356 with a 534 on base percentage in the second half he has a 673 slugging that is a 1207 OPS in the second half with 9 home runs 25 RBIs I know he joked around or I don't even know if this was a joke saying that the home run derby might fix his swing he was hitting too many line drives and ground balls maybe it did maybe it did for Juan Soto so I'm going to go with Juan Soto at number 4 on the caveat that he participates in a home run derby before the season starts
1: I, I like that pick and, and I think the hardest thing for me is sometimes when I assess fantasy players I like to assess who is around them. And so it's hard for me with Juan Soto just because I think it's going to have to take some time before that lineup comes back to what it was in 2019, right? When they had Anthony Rendon, they had Trey Turner, and of course Juan Soto was in the heart of that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if he's going to put up those kind of numbers, that's something you can't shy away from. And, and for a fourth pick, I mean, having Juan Soto in any pick is great. I, I've talked about him being possibly a number one type guy. So uh, more so keeper. But for a one-year even, I mean, nobody's going to slouch if you pick Juan Soto. Uh, For the fifth pick, this is when it gets really difficult because you start to think to yourself, okay, I still see Tatis' name out there. How do I not choose that? And I feel like I'm going to have to, I, I, yeah. I think Tati's would be my pick for number five. Um, you've got all the kind of safer top tier guys out of the way. And so when that, when push goes to shove, you take the best available guy. And to me, that's Tati's healthy or not um, with this lineup that I would feature right now with Tati's, Acuna and Trey Turner, I'm pretty much securing winning a stolen base title. Um it's also impossible for me to to get this roster, but <laughs> uh, I mean I'm definitely manifesting this. Um, but to have Tatis for even, you know, four or five months uh would be great. I just I like I mentioned before, I'm a little concerned about how the Padres handle him during the offseason because if it's anything similar to Cody Bellinger, don't expect his numbers to be popping off the sheet early on when he returns. That's that's the only thing that I'm concerned about. That shoulder injury is no joke. And, and I mean, they're kind of playing with fire right now, putting him out there. So, But I still am going to pick him at five.
0: Okay, this is, without a doubt, the hardest pick for me. I, I think I'm going to lean Jacob deGrom in this situation just because, I mean, today, apparently great news on Jacob deGrom and his arm. He is just so good when he's pitching that – I would go with him there. And like, when you look at, uh, I mean, this is already like injury plagued and and risky with all these guys already, even for the hitters now go through the different pitchers, not necessarily injury plagued for all of them, but it, it feels like we're a little bit removed from the time of saying that, yeah, there's like three clear star pitchers who could go in the top 10 year your draft or something, because they all have like questions now. I feel like like with Jacob deGrom, it's the injury with Garrett Cole. It's the, you know, he hasn't, he's still been good but not as good since the sticky stuff uh Brandon Woodruff he might be the next best guy honestly but Shane Bieber he has the injury Max Scherzer is going to be yet another year older Uh, like there are all these questions with these guys so it makes me think almost that if you have a guy who stands out among among the rest as a pitcher just go with him there and I think that's what Jacob deGrom would do now that would be a little bit risky to take him in the mid first round maybe he's a guy that you more think of if you have a late first where you can take him and a hitter quickly on, on the turn around the first round. But I, I think I'd be willing to risk it for DeGrom.
1: I've been in such a weird back and forth mental thing when it comes to when to take pitchers, uh in these drafts, because, you know, back in the day I used to say, and, and part of it's because we have an ads limit per week in our league. I used to run the entire thing by constantly streaming every single day yeah. and and so I I decided to, to help our league get a new rule because all I did was stream pitchers. I, I'm I pretty never... sure
0: every rule is the Dusty Baker rule.
1: <laughs> I generally do create conflicts. Uh, that's what I'm best known for is stirring the pot. And I definitely did that with stirring the pot with starting pitchers. Uh, I used to stream. So if you are in a one-year league where they do not limit ads, I still recommend taking pitchers late because streams to me are more valuable – uh it, because then you can you know obviously add assets to your offense and who knows you could hit a hole in one with a random pickup that ends up going off right this is baseball uh,
0: not golf sir it, it's 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 a mix
1: of the two uh, i got good old Phil Mickelson on my side um but i will say this if you are in an ads restricted league meaning you have a certain number of ads you can have per week the value of starting pitchers to me is more valuable than hitters. And that's just because there's not many great pitchers out there. Um, And so to pick DeGrom at that point, I think that's a very fair pick. I I like the pick. It almost makes me want to take another pitcher at this top here, but I'm not going to, I'm still going to go with a hitter after all that. Um, And I got to make, a very weird decision here I you know (laughs) on the board on the board we got a couple really good names that Yahoo ranks I don't believe in Yahoo rankings let's just put that out there first I believe in the Dusty rankings and I love Shohei Otani's offense I really do um and I'm curious to see what he does with a full season hopefully of Mike Trout but Mike Trout scares me as well um it's very difficult but I think I'm gonna have to go with Mookie Betts um People seem to forget that Mookie has been hurt all this season. Uh, The back injury, the hip injury, he just has not been himself. And he still has put up really solid numbers, uh, despite not seeing the field that often. The Mike Trout injuries have been constant. This has been a problem for years. I've been a fantasy owner of Trout for this entire keeper league that Derek and I have had and I dished him away because at this point I can't handle going into September thinking that I may not have my best player hitting. It, it has been terrible. Every off, every single time I go to the playoffs, Mike Trout is not there. Shohei Otani scares me just because of the fact that, you know, a second season of full pitching and hitting who knows what goes on there um his slugging last season was obviously below 400 so i do i expect it to be that no i I still think shohei is an elite player um and i'm enjoying every second of him however i don't know if i want to base my pick off of what shohei is doing this year because i think it's remarkable what he's doing and who knows how long he can keep it up um i believe in him but i'm going to take the safer out here and take mookie because i think mookie's production home runs rbis stolen bases if i I can pair him with Trey Turner that's pr- a pretty good one two duo of scoring runs uh, my run production from the picks that I have of Acuna Trey Turner Tatis and Mookie they're all at the top of their orders they're all going to score a lot of runs and they still will have opportunities to drive guys in because of how deep their lineups are and so that's kind of the those are the guys that I look for so that's where my pick goes is Mookie
0: Betts Okay, I and another guy who has that those injury concerns with the back and and everything for Mookie Betts. It just continues on. I am going to take Mike Trout here. I think at this point in the first round, the risk is worth it. Um, The calf injury isn't something you would think that would carry over into next next season, but also you wouldn't have thought it would have carried over this far into this season so that is a little concerning and also as i mentioned he's missed plenty of time in previous seasons as well this isn't just a first time thing now this is the most he's missed uh but he's still going to be 30 years old he'll still be in his hitting prime so at this point i would take the risk on mike trout i wouldn't in the top four or five picks but for me, anywhere between that like 6 to 10 range I think is where he should probably go. So I'll gladly take him at 8.
1: Okay, my next and final pick. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a little off the cuff from where Yahoo has had everything. For, for retrospect here, my first pick, that was Acuna. Yahoo pre-ranked him 5. Okay, my second pick, pick number 3, was Trey Turner. Yahoo ranks him 7th. <laughs> my third pick was Fernando Tatis Jr. Yahoo ranks him one. My fourth pick, we go all the way to the man, I almost forgot what I picked, Mookie Betts at 12. I had to go down this list. Mookie Betts was at 12. I'm going to go even further down to 16 for my final pick. And that's Eloy Jimenez. I am a huge Eloy believer. Um, I think he can lead the league in home runs. I really do. And based off the picks that I made before, I need a guy that's got straight power, can hit for average, is in a good, solid lineup across the board, and is in their prime. And that's going to be Eloy every day. Uh, I I think he's going to be truly a 50-home run guy. Um, He's going to be like Ryan Howard hitting from the right side. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Eloy can produce. Um, The numbers speak for himself for when he came back from injury, and uh, he's already showing he could be a potential top 10 player. He's young. He hasn't had too much of a you know a previous injury history to what we saw this year. Um, of course, he's young, so we, there hasn't been a lot of room for that. But to be able to see what Eloy has been able to do off the I.L., I, I'm a firm believer that if he could stay healthy, this guy is going to be
0: who I want in my lineup. And that's really the caveat for all these guys. If they can stay healthy, that's the big key. I'll go with uh, Bo Bichette to round things off here. Just 23 years old this season, 20 home runs, 77 RBIs in 285. He's not going to be a big boon for OBP, but uh, just a guy that puts up huge totals – For your team, because he's hitting near the top of the order for one of the best offenses in the MLB, as I'd imagine they should be next season. He also has given him 19 steals on 19 tries for it. He's getting a ton of runs. He already has 92 runs scored. He contributes in so many ways and specifically if this is you know a a roto league he's going to be even more valuable if it's an average roto league with those five by five categories so i'll go boba in there at number 10 to round things off uh for the first round what about somebody on this list by yahoo that isn't in the top 50 somebody that you think could be a a good little value pick uh, early looking at this thing
1: yeah i mean i'm a firm believer and it's not too far down the list here but the way that Wander Franco is hitting right now, um, his on base percentage is insane. He his streak that he's had uh, at the young age of twenty, I believe. It, is he twenty or is he nineteen?
0: He, I think, is twenty. Let's let's take a good hard look at that because either way, who cares? I mean, this kid is unbelievable. He can't drink. That's what he, we know. He cannot participate in booze in baseball.
1: He will not be a guest in booze and baseball. Okay. His birthday is March the 1st of 2001.
0: That's the only reason he's not going to come on the show. It's just good that he can't drink. There's no other reason. No other reason. He
1: obviously yeah. would be honored to, but yeah, he's 20 years old right now. By the time next season starts, he will be able to drink. So maybe that's a, a, a even a better thing. Uh, we'll know that he is very mature, mature <laughs> as some might say, but I, I mean, Wander Franco right now on this list or Franco as, as many like to pronounce it, he's ranked 66th overall on Yahoo's list. For whatever reason, Javier Baez is ranked 59 on this list. I would take Wander Franco a full round and a half ahead of Baez any day. Uh, there are guys like Key Brian Hayes that is ranked 55, and he's had a horrible season. Um, the fact that Franco is ranked this low, I would do. I would be the kind of guy that would take him two rounds ahead of where he's supposed to go. Just yeah, so at, I could. Hayes at yeah.
0: 55 is mind blowing. Um, it's I don't understand that at all. Okay, I would go down a little bit. I'm going to give one of your favorites, Carlos Rodon at 74. I I think he has turned the corner. And here's another guy who, like, he has injury concerns in the past, which is a little bit scary. But I think he's turned the corner of being a legit ace. I think he is a top 50 player. So if you're getting him at – I'm trying to think. If you're in a a 12-team league, that's basically like the beginning of the sixth round. If you're in a 10-team league, that's toward the middle of the the seventh round. If you're getting him then, that's a steal. Because I could actually – like convince myself to take him as early as I don't know the 4th round maybe the 5th round I really like what Carlos Rodon has done and then the other guy that I think also why why is Javier Baez at 59 I don't know that that's kind of weird um, it's
1: stunning Yahoo's <laughs> know, right? rankings
0: are absolutely atrocious Somebody I'm keeping my eye on I don't necessarily think he should be ranked higher than this but just that I would be intrigued by taking his Anthony Rendon at 65 because if he just gets back to normal he's a top 30 fantasy player who knows maybe it's it's past that point but he's still not it's not like he's like 36 or anything like that like this is a guy who i believe is 30 years old this year He's 31 he'll be 31 at the start of next year as well so he's not out of his hitting prime either like that could be a guy who is a prime regression candidate back to normal of what we've seen
1: Derek, if you want to be absolutely disgusted right now, (laughs) do yourself a favor and take a look at who Yahoo is ranking at spot 100 and then spot 92, okay? Spot 92, Yahoo is ranking Jesse Winker, who is arguably an MVP candidate.
0: Yeah, get him up there.
1: He is ranked 92 on this list. We completely missed him because we Ooh. would never assume he would be ranked this low. That is pathetic. And then they have Carlos Carrasco, who shouldn't even be sniffing, in my opinion, the top 200. Somehow he's ranked 100 overall ahead of players uh, like Dansby Swanson, who's hitting, who's hit 25 home runs. You have Chris Bryant that's one of nine. I mean, my best advice is this: rankings are rankings from <laughs> individuals that are human beings. Okay, they they can't predict anything. If you see on Yahoo that a player is projected to be ranked higher than another, that does not mean that player is better. Okay. Let me make that very hard and clear here that because a player is just ranked ahead of another, that does not make them better because there is absolutely no way in the world. You will see me taking Carlos Carrasco ever, but ahead of Chris Bryant, ahead of Mitch Haniger, ahead of, even I mean even Charlie Blackman who's had a down year come on I mean come on Yahoo what are you doing Robbie Ray <laughs> the goat at 122 I could keep on going Jake Cronenworth at 124 I- I'm done mm. this is this is insane
0: <laughs> all right we got Dusty fired up let's get into our shotgun six-pack now before we close things out number one Yachty Air Molina is returning for his 19th season got a nice little one-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals true or false Yadi is a lock to make the Hall of Fame
1: um yes absolutely uh his defense is elite he's had a long historic career he's been a world series champion uh absolutely and I think the numbers kind of speak for themselves too with that uh I I believe he's a
0: lock what about you so I don't think he's a lock like I I think I would vote him in but I mean, when you look at just like the awards, 10-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glover, two-time World Series winner, four-time Platinum Glover, like that makes you think, yes. But when you look at the raw stats, it tells a different story. You're talking about a 734 career OPS. You're talking about 168 career home runs for him. And like, if you compare to, I I don't know, do you think, do you think Joe Maurer is going to make it to the Hall of Fame?
1: No, I do not. But Maurer's
0: longevity was what really hurt him. Yes, agreed. But- The thing that, and maybe this is unfair to do comparisons because sometimes it's incongruent, but like Joe Maurer was only four times less an all star. He was a mvp so the height of joe mauer technically higher than yadier molina even with joe mauer having a shorter career he was 15 years but also less games due to injury joe mauer ended up with 143 home runs 923 rbis uh, yadier molina is not that far in front of him 168 and 983 so i think yadier molina will make it i think he'd be deserving but i also don't really think it's a lock
1: one thing that's interesting about Yadi, uh, just defensive games, we we talk longevity um, to give you an idea of where he stands in terms of just games caught in general, and and you know obviously you don't just credit a guy because they played in a number of games, but it is impressive he played he has played in so far 2,081 games. That number, of course, will rise to the end of the year. Uh, only three guys have been ahead of him. Ivan Rodriguez has caught the most with twenty four twenty seven, um, Carlton Fisk. There you go. There's another big name right there. Mm. 2,226. And then Bob Boone with 2,225. Yanni Merlin has been there for so long. He, he's made a reputation for being one of the best defensive catchers. For me, I think you've got to give the longevity a little bit of value there just because that's such a hard position to play for a very long time. If he was a position player with those stats, it would be different but I think based off of how successful he's been on defense and for the longevity of his career and the fact he is a champion and he's proven to be a key asset to those championships. I think
0: that's why he is a lock. That's fair. All right. Number two, Gavin Weir is the greatest baseball player (laughs) of all time. Yes.
1: He is Shohei Otani reincarnated. (laughs) in a tiny little child playing in Little League. I mean, this kid has been absolutely ridiculous. Derek, go ahead and list off those numbers.
0: Yeah, Gavin Weir, if you're unaware who this is, he's led his team to the Little League World Series. Over the course of the summer, he's made eight starts. He has given up zero earned runs. He has allowed, in those eight starts, a total of one hit. He has 114 strikeouts in those eight starts to the one hit allowed. And this is my favorite stat of them all, his FIP. Is he's actually underperforming with a 0.00 ERA. He has a negative 1.64 fifth. And if you watch video of him, he has the same uh, motion as Chris Sale from the left side.
1: It's a little scary, to be honest with you. There was somebody that uh, made a TikTok video of Gavin Weir and they zoomed in on his elbow. And that thing looks like, it does not look like an elbow. I can tell you that it is, <laughs> it, do, it's for a 12 year old kid. Let me put this this way. It is frightening to think about the future of this kid from two standpoints. Frightening because he could shut you down Uh, He's only 12 in high school. He's going to just dominate. There's no doubt about that, but my gosh, what's that longevity going to look like? Because you saw Chris sale, the injuries that Chris sale has seen. Also, I will say Gavin Weir has just been insane. He has four no hitters in the little league world. Series. (laughs) I mean, this kid is just off the charts insane. So do I think that this kid is going to grow to be a superstar? I mean, we're kind of watching it unfold, right? And you have to take the little league world series with a grain of salt, but Maybe not this kid. This kid is pushing Sioux Falls to the highest of peaks because of the fact that he's just dominating on the hill.
0: Is he the greatest
1: Little League pitcher of all time? Probably so, right? I don't think that there's anybody better.
0: I will just echo that and say yes. Obviously, we have no idea the history of the Little League World Series. So a little out of our depths there. All right, number three, the Yankees have won 11 in a row. Who knows? Maybe I'm about to jinx it right now at the time of recording. They're never going to lose again. Well,
1: there, are, and Derek, you had to know this was coming. Um, there are winners and there are losers in this world. The Yankees right now, they are winners. The losers of this world are Demi Burnett of Bachelor in Paradise. Um, Bachelor in Paradise has started this week. There are people that, of course, I would compare the Yankees to in that it would probably be Serena P. Just never seem to lose. Serena P, every guy is going to be attracted to her. She will keep it going, moving forward. The Yankees have the lineup. They've got the depth. They've got everything that you would need to still win a championship. And they have not figured it out. They have not put it together until right now. Of course, they're going to lose games. That's the joke behind this. But are they going to lose in the AL? I mean, they look like the best team in possibly baseball right now, based off what they're doing. Um, I am going to say
0: I still think the White Sox are better. Is that bad that I have to say that? No, I don't think so. But I also, I said two weeks ago, or maybe it was three weeks ago, how funny would it be if the Yankees, after all this year, where they've been around 500 and people were saying, oh, sell at the deadline and fire Aaron Boone, if this was finally the year they got back over the hump and and won the World Series again. So at this point, I am just fully expecting the Yankees to make it to the World Series at the very least. Number four, the Padres now own a 27% chance to make the playoffs according to Fangraphs. That is blank. Um,
1: It's shocking just simply because you do have Tatis's bat back and the production is just simply not there. This looks like a completely different team than what we saw two months ago, and that's not just because Tatis was hurt. Um, Yeah, the pitching has had some serious issues health-wise, but this offense just cannot put it together consistently enough. Jake Cronenworth has done a great job. Cronenworth's probably been their most consistent hitter, I would say. Manny Machado's had a significant drop-off recently. Um, And it just feels like the energy surrounding San Diego has really fallen off with this rise of the Reds. I'll be honest with you. The Reds are a scary World Series team. They are scary. They could shut you down. If Luis Castillo can be consistent on the hill, um, holy cow, that, they have the best big three, I think, of anybody in the league. Joey Votto has just had an MVP season. It's like he's playing in 10 years back. Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, who's way too low ranked on that Yahoo ranking. Um, I mean, the Reds are scary. The Padres are not. Um, and that, that's just case in point right there. Uh, if they do tie... If the Padres and Reds tie, I believe there is a one-game play-in game to then play into the wild card game. So I'd be very curious mm. if that's what happens because between the two squads, I'm taking the Reds uh, in a one-game playoff. I think the Reds have Luis Castillo on the hill they can trust, and the big three are hitting a lot better than really the Padres' big three of Tatis, Machado, and Cronenworth collectively. So, yeah, it's it's concerning. It's... It's shocking to me.
0: I hope that happens one year where we get like eight teams tied for the wild card. So there's like the wild card to play the wild card to play the wild card to play the wild card to play. (laughs) double A
1: tournament of the baseball (laughs) playoff.
0: It's like a (laughs) Russian nesting doll. I will say that them having a 27% chance is disappointing especially you mentioned the offense. Like if you go by OPS or WOBA, they're 12th in the MLB. If you go by WRC plus they're 14th, they're basically a middle of the pack offense, which is just like, how, when you think about all the names on the roster, not just those big three that you mentioned, but even like they should have lineup depth with guys like Trent Grisham. Like if, if Will Myers is like your seventh or eighth best hitter or something like that, like that should be a really good lineup. So I, I just don't understand. It's just kind of disappointing from their angle. Number five, the Mets should blank Jacob DeGrom. Don't get dirty here.
1: (laughs) The most unnecessary statement said on this podcast. Now my head has gone other directions. Um, I think that the Mets should nurture Jacob deGrom, (laughs) meaning they are going to shut him down and they should rest his golden arm on a pillow the entire offseason, slowly bring him back. I looked at his contract just so everybody is interested uh, and they've still got him for a lengthy period of time. That's until 2025 when he will be 37 years old. What's crazy about Jacob deGrom is he's gotten better over time, but believe it or not, He's in his age 33 season. So he's actually on the older side of things. Um, so he'll head into his age 34 season next year. He's going to command $33.5 million next year. You have no reason this year to try to bring him back. There's no reason to. Um, I would shut him down. I would say we're going to keep him on the bench up until next April. That's just my personal preference. You, you got to take care of your best guys the Mets are not winning the World Series this year folks they're just not they don't they do not look good they are too far out of this hole that they dug themselves um, it's it's pretty bad over there in in Queens
0: yeah I agree the Mets should sit Jacob deGrom in my opinion for the rest of the year now maybe if we're talking in two weeks from now he's doing well in his Uh, recovery even better than he's already doing. And the Mets have closed the gap and now they're only three games back. Then eh, maybe you consider it for the final couple weeks of the season, but I don't know. And I would just say probably sit him. I agree with you. Last one. The Atlanta Braves are blank. Really surprising me. Um,
1: I did not see this coming and I don't think many people did the fact that they've been playing such great baseball. And I I think Dansby Swanson is really the one that has shocked me the most. I don't think people realize how good Swanson has been just over this past month for Atlanta. Uh, the power numbers that he's been putting up, the consistent numbers that we we always thought, you know, he was a top pick in the draft, but he never showed out to be exactly what people had thought he would be. Um, but just even over the last couple of weeks here, he's logged uh, five home runs in the past two weeks. Um, he's like a doubles machine normally. He's only logged two of those, but uh, the consistency that he's put up recently has just been actually shocking to me and over the last month in general his numbers I mean he's been arguably the best player in baseball he's hit 361 slugging 648 has 8 home runs 3 stolen bases 30 RBIs by the way um, and then there's those 7 doubles as well I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by this team and I think it all kind of starts from Swanson taking more of a leadership role that you know we really always thought he would have but he's never shown it until really right now
0: You know what's crazy? I didn't realize this. I saw this today on Twitter, and I'm I'm blanking on on who I saw it from, so apologies to you if you happen to be a listener. (laughs) Um, The Atlanta Braves have four of the top five players in the MLB by total bases. Austin Riley is, or not in the MLB, in the National League. So Austin Riley's first, Freddie Freeman is second, Ozzy Albies is third, Dansby Swanson is fifth. They have four of the top five. Holy Which cow. And In they Austin won eight of the last 10. So this is yeah. a team that I was picking to win the world series before the season started. They're finally living up to that. Now, who knows if without Acuna, if they still have enough to get over that hump, but They were so close to beating. I mean, they were closer to beating the Dodgers than any team was last year, including the Tampa Bay race. They were up three one. They were up at one point in game seven, but they just couldn't close them out. So the Atlanta Braves to me are dangerous. I think outside of the Dodgers, they would probably be my second pick now out of the national league. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? You would take the Braves over the Brewers. Yeah, I think I would. I'm starting to trend that way. I'm prisoner of the moment, I guess.
1: It's interesting. And honestly, it's uh, closing with these thoughts. It's an interesting debate. And this is why we love baseball. Um, you think you can predict something by next week when we do this podcast, I guarantee you, half of the things we said, we would probably step back and say, uh, never mind. <laughs> um, but you look at the way that the trends have been going, uh, and the Braves are one of the trendier teams right now because Austin Riley has been arguably the MVP of the season uh, in the second half here with the Braves with 10 home runs over the last month as well. Um, it's just crazy. The ebb and flow, the, the rise and fall of certain teams and Noah Cunha jr is going to be pretty painful, I think for the Braves, but they're, they are scary. Uh, I still would say though, I do think pitching and defense wins championships And I would say that I am pretty much still on the board with the Brewers being the second best team in
0: the National League. But Braves are scary. Braves are really scary. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of Booze and Baseball. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. Social media at Booze and Baseball. Our email is boozeandbaseball at gmail.com. Thanks to Mixkit for the stock music. Thank you to Man Cave Merch for the coasters, our awesome Booze and Baseball ones. We have our baseball card ones as well. If you would like to purchase a coaster, coaster, use the code BNB15, that's BNB15, and you get 15% off your order with Mancave Merch, and you get your own. Very cool coasters of whatever you want in there. Drink responsibly and have a good one. For Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Later.